Vanessa Guillaume goes missing within Fort Hood. Now we know the beautiful young 20-year-old private first class was brutally murdered. But what now? And what of the woman who is now behind bars as a conspirator, a married girlfriend of Vanessa's killer that apparently ran to the scene in order to stand around a bonfire, dismember Vanessa's body, and burn the body parts? What about Cecily Aguilar? Also, what about the young man, Gregory Weedle Morales, whose body was found near Vanessa's? What about that? Joining me today, his mother. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. First of all, take a listen to this. According to the criminal complaint against Cecily Aguilar, Army investigators were notified on April 23rd that Vanessa Guillen was reported missing by her unit. A search of Vanessa's phone records show the last person she texted was specialist Aaron Robinson. Robinson told investigators on April 22nd that he and Vanessa worked together briefly. On April 28th, Robinson was interviewed by Army investigators about what he did the day Vanessa vanished. He said after work, he left Fort Hood to go home to his girlfriend, Cecily Aguilar. He told investigators the one time he left his home was around 6.30 p.m. to return to the post to sign up for training. A few weeks later, on May 18th, two witnesses stated seeing Robinson on April 22nd load a heavy tough box with wheels into his car. The next day, Robinson let investigators search his phone. Records show Robinson called his girlfriend multiple times on the night Vanessa disappeared and as late as 3.30 in the morning the next day. Guys, you are hearing our frenzy KHOU 11. That was David Gonzalez. Joining me, an all-star panel, Troy Slayton, criminal defense attorney, joining me out of L.A., renowned psychoanalyst, joining me out of Beverly Hills, Dr. Bethany Marshall at BethanyMarshall.com, Cheryl McCollum, director of the Cold Case Research Institute and crime scene expert, Dr. Chris Sperry, former chief medical examiner for the entire state of Georgia, K.R. KJRH TV News anchor Vincent Hill and special guest, the mother of Gregory Weedle Morales, Kim Weedle. First to you, Vincent Hill, joining me. What can you tell me about the woman behind the man in this case? The woman standing behind the killer, Aaron Robinson. Her name, Christy Aguilera. What do we know about her? Well, Nancy, we know she was married to another Fort Hood soldier which is red flag number one. She's also dating another soldier, which is a pretty common thing on Army bases. Uh, and we do know wait, that. Wait, 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 Vincent, are you saying it's common for a, a, a woman married to a soldier to be dating another soldier? Because I've never heard that before. Well, Nancy, me being a former soldier myself and growing up military, that is a very common thing for soldiers to be dating other soldiers' wives and husbands and things of that nature. Goes on all the time. Especially well, isn't that a like violation Florida. of Army regulations? It is a direct violation of Army violation or regulations, and I think that is what led to the tragic death of Vanessa. That's part of what led to it. So let, let me understand this. She, Chrissy Aguilera, uh, is Cecily Aguilera, is married to another Army 
a member of the Army. She's dating Aaron Robinson, the alleged killer in this case. So what else do we know about her other than she's cheating? Well, Nancy, we know on her social media she uh, had this image of a bad girl, if you will. She had several pictures of her with handguns, her with rifles, and some of the things that she was saying on social media. She was painting herself as this bad chick, if you will. Well, isn't it true that online she's selling feet pictures? Absolutely, Nancy, and uh, that is very disturbing in itself. I mean, she's into this this fetish fantasy world, so I think all the red flags of who she actually is was portrayed on her social media. Joining me, the perfect person to discuss her uh, psyche, Dr. Bethany Marshall is joining us out of L.A. Dr. Bethany Marshall, on her social media, and I've studied it very, very carefully ever since her name first emerged, I have this image of Cecily Aguilera standing over a bonfire, a bonfire so high it actually burned the limbs of the trees over the bonfire where they have dismembered Vanessa's body and they're burning the body parts. I guess that's the order it went or else they tried to burn her, couldn't, and then dismembered her, buried her body. But it's beautiful, young, private first class. Apparently, Aaron Robinson wasn't happy just dating a married woman. He had been hitting on Vanessa and sexually harassing her as well. Uh, the Army did right. nothing about that. But I can imagine these two kind of like the witches in Macbeth, double, double toil and trouble, cackling away over the fire as it burned Vanessa's remains. This is who I'm talking about. Who in the hay would go along with that? Your boyfriend calls and goes, hey, babe, blah, 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 come help me. And you go help him? Cicely Aguilar is a woman who is in love with one person, herself. That's her profile. If you boil it down to that, you understand her psyche. Think about the foot fetish photos. Women do not have foot fetishes. Men do. So she's taking whoa, 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 pictures. Whoa, 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 Bethany, excuse me, yes. Dr. Bethany. Dr. Bethany, I know in your world, foot fetishes are normal. You probably hear about it all day long. In fact, I've seen your feet, and they're I perfectly do. kept, and I wonder why. But that's a whole other can of worms. Um, Bethany, for those novices to your world, could you explain what is a foot fetish? I remember covering a case where I guess the woman went missing or was dead. Anyway, I dug up videos of her. She catered to men with a foot fetish, and she would have her a perfect pedicure high heels really high heels and she would stomp bugs and frogs and tiny animals to death <laughs> and on video and that was what she did so foot fetishes uh let me just say there's a very broad spectrum of foot fetishes so let's get you to explain yes. it since that's your expertise not mine yours okay a fetish is when an individual can only achieve orgasm through a part of a human being rather than the whole human being. Wait a minute. Or through an object. Let me just take that in. Cheryl McCollum, are you listening? 
I'm listening. Okay, so go ahead. You can they, only achieve okay, can, sexual happiness through a body part, not a whole body. Yes, a body part or an object, a whip, a chain, a shoe, a foot, that the person's sexual Paul Bethany, Paul Bethany, are, I'm going to need something a little stronger than Irish breakfast tea with milk, okay? So just run out and get it. Go ahead, Bethany. <laughs> I may need coffee for this. And the, and, and the reason for that is that the individual who has the fetish, who has the sexualized, fetishized interest in an object or a body part, in this case, Cecily Aguilar's feet, is that they cannot relate to the whole person. See, a foot is never going to control you, talk back to you, put you down, demean you, or diminish you. It's just a foot. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. In the 1980s and 90s, New York City needed a tough cop like Detective Louis Scarcella. Putting bad guys away. There's no feeling like it in the world. He was the guy who made sure the worst killers were brought to justice. That's one version. This guy is a piece of shit. Derek Hamilton was put away from murder by Detective Scarcella. In prison, Derek turned himself into the best jailhouse lawyer of his generation. And the was my girlfriend. This is my only way to freedom. Derek and other convicted murderers started a law firm behind bars. We never knew we had the same cop in the case. Scarcella. We got to show that he's a corrupt cop. They can go f*** themselves. I'm Steve Fishman. And I'm Dax Devlin-Ross. And this is The Burden. Listen to new episodes of The Burden on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And to hear episodes one week early and ad-free with exclusive bonus content, subscribe to True Crime Clubhouse on Apple Podcasts. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. We're talking about Cecily Aguilar who, for God knows why, because I sure don't, she goes along with Aaron Robinson after he murders Vanessa. He can't figure out how to get rid of her body. He calls in this woman, Cecily Aguilar, and I hope you're listening, local prosecutors, because if you give this woman a cheap deal, I'm going to be all over you like a cheap suit. You can count on that. Don't let it all die down for a couple of months and then take some secret sweetheart deal. N-O. But we're talking to Dr. Bethany Marshall because this woman tried to sell foot fetish photos online. That we know of. I don't know what else she did. But back to you, Bethany. I think you were saying something about the foot can't talk back. The foot cannot talk back. So individuals who have a foot fetish, they boil the entire 
entire sexual interest in another person down to just the foot. They cannot relate to the whole person as an individual with thoughts and feelings and motivations of their own. They can't make love to a person. They can't achieve arousal by being with a person. They can only achieve arousal through a foot. So when you think of Cecily Aguilar, she's preying on these types of individuals with foot fetishes. She's catering to them. She's preying on them. She's taking pictures of her feet, perhaps other people's feet, and disseminating them. So this is the profile of the person who hacked up Vanessa Guillaume's body. Also on her Facebook posts, it's as if she's in love with herself, nobody else. Any girl, she writes, any girl can play innocent, but her demons are what drove me wild. Her secrets, her pain, she masks by laughter. Her darkness, she tries so hard to hide. That's what made me fall for her. It's as if she's writing a love poem to herself. This is a person who all of her love energy is directed back against the self. She'll do anything to survive, even if it means chopping up another person's body. Anything to survive? How about go out and get a job or two or three like I have? I don't get it. Why do you have to uh, sell photos? I mean, foot fetish is a wide range. It could be uh, you could be catering to some guy. And as you said, it is typically a male that has a foot fetish. They go in and they steal ladies' shoes. They buy ladies' shoes. They love ladies' feet. Well, it goes on and on and on. But there's a big difference in loving ladies' feet and watching videos of pedicured feet stomping rabbits dead. Well, that's absolutely right, because you have more vulnerable characters who can only relate to a foot, not to the whole person. These are men who don't even know how to have a relationship. Their whole sexual fantasy life is around the foot, a very narrow range of interests. And then you have men who are quite sadistic, like you said, stomping on, you know, rabbits, uh, spiders, snakes, things like that. And you think about that, if, if, if she has this lurid interest in men who are sadistic, who are cruel, who are mean, that this says something about her attachment systems too. And it says something about how she um, attached to Robinson because there was a great deal of cruelty into their, in their relationship towards Ian, right? You know, he, he struck her in the head with a hammer. They dismembered the body. Not only did they bury it in three different, different uh, burial sites, but then they came back four days later to excavate the remains and then try to dismember her further. So it makes you begin to think about uh, Cecily Aguilar's, her own sadism, her own fetishes, her own lurid interest. I think in some ways, because she had such a huge cache of guns and she was in love with guns, this is a woman that loved herself, but she also loved violence. She had, in a way, she had her own fetishized interest in gore, violence, dismemberment, and it may have been latent until this killing came around, and then it just blossomed under these circumstances. You know, you're you're saying something now that I believe relates to this case. It may never come into a court of law, but her Cecily Aguilar's connection to violent, hateful, or mean men would come into play here with Aaron Robinson, Vanessa Guillaume's killer. 
I want you, you, you earlier heard from KHOU 11 uh, reporter David Gonzalez. Now take a listen to KHOU 11 Stephanie Whitfield. Vanessa Guillen's family has tirelessly looked for her since she was last seen in late April. Now they know she's gone, but they're still searching for justice. Army officials say specialist Aaron Robinson killed the 20 year old soldier on base using a hammer. Court records show his girlfriend, Cecily Aguilar, helped get rid of the body. Robinson took his own life last week, leaving Aguilar as the only living suspect. Family members just want to know why this happened. Honestly, I still don't understand. Um, I do have a strong feeling that the sexual harassment had a lot to do with it. Army officials say they've found no evidence of harassment, but the investigation is still open. In the meantime, the Guillen family is planning a funeral. They say the murals honoring Vanessa and Colleen in Houston give them strength to keep searching for the truth. Joining me in all-star panel, let me go back to Vincent Hill, KJRH-TV. Vincent, is it true that this woman has a child? It is true, Nancy, uh, but I do want to touch on something that I think is very important here. Where this murder occurred, again, speaking as someone that was in the military, I hate to use this term, it was the perfect place for it because an armory, fortified concrete walls, a steel door, you close that door, those screams that Vanessa was doing, no one could have heard those screams, Nancy. So unfortunately, where she was killed was the perfect place for him to do it. And it's tragic that it happened. But I think he knew what he was going to do when she walked in those doors. So you believe Cecily Aguilar has a child, correct? I believe so, Nancy, from what so I understand. to you, Cheryl McCollum, Director of Cold Case Research Institute, in my mind, that shines another light on the psyche of this woman who helped tear apart Vanessa Guillaume's body and burn it and then bury it in wet cement. Because, you know, just here's an example, Cheryl. For years and years and years, I would dive all over the world. I've gone to places and people say, how is it? And I'm like, I don't know. I was underwater the whole time. But mm -hmm. once I had the twins, that's over. I'm not going to do anything to jeopardize their life. And that includes right. growing up with a mother. Uh, forget it. No, I, I, I quit cursing. You know that. Uh, mm -hmm. that that hurt but so many those are just mild anecdotal examples of how your life changes when you have a child why in the hay would she go along with this if she has a child nancy this is going to be like one of our old time late night conversations so just stay with me a second this woman Look, i've is already a heard paradox. bethany marshall talk about foot fetishes I mean, well, you're going to dig it more than I wanted to know, but I want to hear what you have to say. This woman is a paradox. So as a criminologist, tattoos mean something to me. What people select, the way they choose to put it on their body, where they choose to put it. She literally has a tattoo on her arm that is Corinthians 12, 9, which is my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. That's a paradox. You can't have real power without real weakness. You can't see just how awesome God is without being pitiful. Okay, she's going to pose with guns and smoking weed and talking about fetishes and talk about she's a ride or die, right? At the same time, Nancy, 
At the exact same time, she's got Bible verses. She's a wife. She's a mother. She supports the army. She will sit there and tell you she's a bad bitch. But when it came down to it, you ain't nothing but a snitch in about five minutes. You helped the army find your man that you were supposedly trying to help by hacking this girl up. She's a paradoxical devil. Well, she is the devil. And what concerns me, she's not charged with murder. In the 1980s and 90s, New York City needed a tough cop like Detective Louis Scarcella. Putting bad guys away. There's no feeling like it in the world. He was the guy who made sure the worst killers were brought to justice. That's one version. This guy is a piece of shit. Derek Hamilton was put away from murder by Detective Scarcella. In prison, Derek turned himself into the best jailhouse lawyer of his generation. And the law was my girlfriend. This is my only way to freedom. Derek and other convicted murderers started a law firm behind bars. We never knew we had the same cop in the case. Scarcella. We got to show that he's a corrupt cop. They can go f*** themselves. I'm Steve Fishman. And I'm Dax Devlin-Ross. And this is The Burden. Listen to new episodes of The Burden on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And to hear episodes one week early and ad-free with exclusive bonus content, subscribe to True Crime Clubhouse on Apple Podcasts. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. We're talking about not only Vanessa Guillaume, the, the gorgeous, on the inside and the outside, young private first class at Fort Hood, who was murdered, her body hacked apart with a machete by this woman, along with her lover, Erin Robinson. Then they burn the body and hide it. She has a child born in 2014. The child's about six years old. We think it's a son. How could you risk your child's life by going along with this nut Aaron Robinson in his murderous scheme? How? Who is this woman, Cecily Aguilar? We know she's a mom covered in tattoos. We know online she wants a sugar daddy. We know she's in a recent breakup. We know she's dating Aaron Robinson. We think she's still married or estranged to another officer. Um... What else do we know about her? Troy Slayton, she's not charged with murder. So, Troy Slayton, you're the slick defense attorney, and I, I mean that with in a loving, caring way. But what is she looking at be, for, behind bars right now? And, yes, I know she gave a statement and ratted out Aaron Robinson. But I don't know that there was a deal attached to that. I think she just went, Bleh! and just blurted it out. Well, she's facing up to 20 years. Good, that's and, not enough. Uh, in prison, but what you may call snitching, what you may call just blurting out, she helped give the family closure. She's the one that led authorities to the body, to the crime scenes. She's the one who gave investigators an entire roadmap about what happened. And maybe, just maybe, she was in fear for her life after she saw that her boyfriend was capable of murder. Her boyfriend calls her up in a panic, has a body 
that is needed to be disposed of, she feels that she may be implicated with this murderer, and she could be the next one that winds up dead. So, yeah, maybe she did help dispose of the body, but when push came to shove and authorities needed uh, to find out what happened in this case, she led them. Are you buying any them. of that, Cheryl McCollum, what Troy Slate just said? Any of it at all? Because, you know, their cell phone not. pings, their cell phone pings, place them there Maybe. at the scene. They don't need her. She's just icing on the cake. I would not cut her a deal. So help me, dear Lord in heaven. I would take her Maybe down for remember, every day I could. What? She stayed with that man in his house, in his bed for months. She didn't talk till they found her. They found her. They already knew she was connected. Yeah, there you go, Troy Slayton. I'm going to give you a moment to to digest what Cheryl McCollum just said, because I know you, Slayton. You will come up with another argument. Uh, joining me right now, Dr. Chris Sperry, former chief medical examiner, state of Georgia. You know, Dr. Sperry, could you outline exactly what this woman, this foot fetish Married mom, dating another guy, goes along with dismembering a body with a machete. How hard is it to do that, Dr. Sperry? It's, it's surprisingly easy, uh, especially with a machete that has some weight to I it. I can barely cut apart a chicken. Well, but you, you don't I have to fight with it. Though. What? Yeah, well, like, there's a difference between using a boning knife and using a machete, too. Well, um, now, uh, did you say a Bowie knife? No, I don't have one of those in the boning, kitchen. Oh, a boning, boning knife. knife like, that oh, you would use I'm not in your supposed kitchen. to use a regular knife. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. No, but it's it 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 would be surprisingly easy with, with something like a machete that's heavy because it would be a series of chopping uh, wounds uh, repeatedly. Now, some things, certain things like bones, especially the long bones of the legs, uh, would be very difficult just because it's hard to break those bones and it would take repeated blows. Um, uh, but it, 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 it's a strong man. Well, is it difficult doing... or is it easy? I don't know how you can separate bones from a human body and that be easy. Well, it's, it's with something heavy. If, if you're not using a, a machete or an axe and you're just using knives, the only way to separate the bones is to cut through joints. And that takes some skill, and it's more time-consuming as well because the, the various joints are held together pretty well. Uh, but with a machete, it's, it's, not, it's really fairly simple, actually. Um, Maybe I've simple for of, you, but... Yeah, well, I've, I've seen a number of bodies that were, you know, were, were chopped up with machetes, and it's, uh, surprisingly, it's not too difficult. You know, that is a surprise for me because... To, to the thought of lifting a machete and hacking somebody's dead body apart. I mean, even the psychological aspect, Dr. Bethany Marshall, of setting fire to a body. I find that difficult because bodies are very hard. Hold on, uh, Dr. Sperry, how hard is it to burn a body? Yeah, actually, it's very hard. It's very, very difficult mm. to burn a body uh, to the point where there's just nothing left that allows you know the ability to for recognition. I mean, you're really talking about a very, very, very hot fire burning for hours uh, in order to completely incinerate a body. So it's uh, unless someone sets out to do something like that, 
the, you know, to actually like a cremation pyre that they have in India, the Ganges River. That you know, those have lots, lots, big piles of wood that are carefully stacked and they're constructed to burn hot and burn for a long time. Otherwise, uh, you know, it's it's very, it's very. You just cannot really incinerate a body completely. You know, why I'm asking Dr. Sperry uh, to follow up with Dr. Bethany. The mental. The, the frame of mind, the course of conduct that went into what they did to this innocent girl, Vanessa Guillen, standing by while they burnt, set fire to her body, uh, dismember her with a machete. I mean, the thought of putting a match to human skin, it's just, it's hard for me to even fathom how this woman, Cecily Aguilar, who, by the way, has a theft case in Bell County from December 2019, so she has had brushes with the law, as it's euphemistically called. How do you, what frame of mind would it take to set someone's body on fire? Nancy, have you ever had a friend or an acquaintance, a female, whose husband or boyfriend has an affair, and then she directs all the hatred towards the woman with whom he had the affair rather than holding her own spouse yes. accountable. Yes. Okay. So think about that mindset and multiply it by a thousand. Think of Cecily and uh, uh, Aaron Robinson and think about something more sinister, complex, a broad array of bad behaviors on both of their parts. She sends out pictures of foot fetishes. She tries to uh, make money off of that. She's having an affair. She's psychologically abandoning her six-year-old. Um, she has had some other petty theft problems, struggling working at a gas station. He's leering at Vanessa Gam while she's in the shower. He has lurid thoughts towards her. He's hitting on her. He's harassing her. So many bad acts between the two, the two members of this couple. But who bears the brunt of all their rage? Vanessa. She's the scapegoat. She's the one upon whom they heap their hatred, their rage, in my field, we call it a paranoid projection. When somebody knows that they've done something wrong, but they blame somebody else for it, like a parent who loses their child because due to alcoholism, but then they blame the other parent who's, uh, who, in, in whose care the child has been placed and the child is receiving loving attention. So they had a paranoid projection with Vanessa that she was the devil, she was evil, she was doing bad things. It was a projection into her of all of their bad acts. So when you think of burning the body, it's like burn, baby, burn, you bitch, you deserve this, you bad person. You said, say, double, double, toil and trouble. Multiply that exponentially to you're the one who's the bad person, not us. And I think that is the underlying psychology. The viewers are going to have a hard, your listeners are going to have a hard time right. understanding it because this is at such a pathological level. In the 1980s and 90s, New York City needed a tough cop like Detective Louis Scarcella. 
putting bad guys away. There's no feeling like it in the world. He was the guy who made sure the worst killers were brought to justice. That's one version. This guy is a piece of shit. Derek Hamilton was put away from murder by Detective Scarcella. In prison, Derek turned himself into the best jailhouse lawyer of his generation. And love was my girlfriend. This is my only way to freedom. Derek and other convicted murderers started a law firm behind bars. We never knew we had the same cop in the case. Scarcella. We got to show that he's a corrupt cop. They can go f*** themselves. I'm Steve Fishman. And I'm Dax Devlin-Ross. And this is The Burden. Listen to new episodes of The Burden on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And to hear episodes one week early and ad-free with exclusive bonus content, subscribe to True Crime Clubhouse on Apple Podcasts. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. In the midst of the disappearance and death of Vanessa Guillaume, another victim has emerged. His name, Gregory Weedell Morales. Take a listen to our friends at KWKT Fox 44. Morales' mother thought her son overslept, but as time went on, she became more worried. Very, very concerned that he's either got in with the wrong people and something's happened to him. The fear leaving friends to search for answers on their own. I find myself just driving around, hoping to see him, hoping to see the car. We are all genuinely, you know, concerned about um, his state of mind. You are hearing friends describing Gregory Weedle Morales, and joining me right now is a very special guest, his mother, Kim. Miss Weedle, Thank you for being with us. You're very welcome. Ms. Weedle, all of the news and the headlines have been about Vanessa Guillaume, and I understand that. But while it was first stated that your son must have committed suicide, that is not true. There's no way he could have committed suicide and buried his own body away from Fort Hood. What are police telling you? Um... At this time, we're not getting a lot of information about anything. Uh, the the new there is a new homicide detective in charge, so we do at least know that they're considering a homicide now. Um, also, with me regarding Gregory Weedle Morales is Vincent Hill, KJRH TV. Vincent, what do we know about the COD cause of death, and how was Gregory's remains found? Well, Nancy, uh, not much is known about a cause of death right now. The autopsy with the Dallas County Medical Examiner is still pending, but we do know they were found in a remote field not too far from Fort Hood, Texas, based on a tip that Colleen police received via the telephone. But the, the important thing, Nancy, is he was missing since August of 2019 when the Army considered him AWOL. Then he ends up in this remote field not far from the base, which really isn't consistent with AWOL, and Gregory Morales was set to get out of the Army and tour of service just weeks before or weeks after he went missing, Nancy. You know, we know that the remains of Gregory Weedle Morales were found in an open field just minutes away from Fort Hood. 
uh, investigators working the scene talked about the agony of not knowing what had happened to Gregory. Back to a special guest joining us, his mother, Kim. Kim, what happened the last day that you saw Gregory alive? Uh, he had actually called me. Um, we were texting back and forth mainly, but he had called me that day to just tell me that he had bought a new car recently because I was trying to um, help him find a new car. Um, and he started texting back and forth about needing some gas money. And that's pretty much our last conversation. Uh, he was just struggling financially, but he was he was just happy he was going to be out soon. He had plans he was telling me about to go to school. Um, I just, yeah, <laughs> I don't. Isn't it true, Miss Weedle, that your son, your boy, I have a 12-year-old son right now, is still considered a wall until the autopsy comes back, and you want that status changed? The Army's saying unless the autopsy shows he's been dead the entire time, he's been missing, they will not change his status. Therefore, you and your family get no benefits with an AWOL determination. Is that true? That's true. Um... I can't believe this. I can't believe what's happening, Vincent Hill. They dropped the ball, the Army. The Army, and my dad was in the Navy, I'm all for the military, but they dropped the ball on Vanessa Guillaume. They dropped it. Now they're dropping it with Gregory as well? Vincent? Yeah, Nancy, I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, again, I, I grew up military, I was in the military. The, the concept that Gregory would go AWOL just weeks before he was due to get out is r ridiculous at best. So the fact that the Army is still holding on and putting the family through this thing that says, oh, well, if he wasn't dead at least 10 months, we're still going to consider him AWOL. Obviously, he did not put himself in that field. So the fact whether he was or wasn't AWOL should be relevant it's at this ridiculous. point. Ridiculous. And the reality is to you, Dr. Chris Perry, if they can't come up with a cause of death, they certainly are not going to come up with the time and date of death. Oh, no. No, that's the, the time and date of death. In uh, you know, for Mr. Morales is virtually impossible to ascertain, you know, from a forensic pathology standpoint. You know, we know that his phone mysteriously goes silent. He was looking forward to getting out of the military, going to college. Then suddenly he's no longer answering Facebook, his phone, or other messages. Then he doesn't show up at Fort Hood. Is that how it went out to Gregory's mother, Kim Weedle? That's exactly right. His phone was dead almost immediately from the, I mean, he's a typical, typical guy. His phone was never dead. He made sure he charged it. And from the first time we tried to reach him, it it just went straight to voicemail. Did, did he go from AWOL to desertion status that he deserted? That's Army protocol, and I, he went from a wall to deserter. Yeah. He has been murdered and found in a shallow grave. And the only reason he was found is because Vanessa Guillaume went missing. That's why he was found. Now, how far away, Vincent Hill, was his body found from Fort Hood? Nancy, I believe it was less than 10 miles from Fort Hood. 
Uh, but the important part here, the field, I think, unless you knew that field was there, it's not a typical place. You would just go to, to dump a body. I think someone, whoever did this, knew that field was there. They knew exactly where to place Gregory, where he wouldn't be found for quite some time because it's not on an open road where you can just see it from a street or a highway. It's pretty hidden, Nancy. Okay, to you, Cheryl McCollum, you're the crime scene expert, director of the Cold Case Research Institute. Weigh in. The Army said there's no credible link between Vanessa and Mr. Morales, and I disagree. Number one, they're from the same base, same rank. They were both listed as AWOL. They both left valuables behind, like money and clothing. They were both ignored by the Army for months. Uh, They were both found murdered. They were both found murdered in shallow graves. They were both last seen on or near the base. Um, The Army has had little contact with the family, won't share anything with the family. They both had cell phones stop immediately, and both bodies were about 30 miles from the base in the same general area near that river. Really? Seriously? We have a problem at Fort Hood. And they're doing nothing about it except deny, deny, deny. And look, I am not a conspiracy theorist at all. I don't think people are A, smart enough for a conspiracy, or B, smart enough to keep their yaps shut. At least, would you agree with that, Troy Slayton? It's really hard to keep a secret, <laughs> and that's why we saw, uh, that's why we saw our, uh, our woman, who's been arrested, uh, immediately open up her mouth and help police and lead them on a, a golden path to all the different places where hey, the body hey, was You're not was getting found. to me, Slayton. I still envision her cackling over Vanessa's body as it burns in a pit. But the point is, I don't think there's a conspiracy, but I do think Cheryl McCollum is right. I think there is a direct link. It's just she too many similarities. Linked. No, I'm talking Neither. about Vanessa to Gregory. There's too many similarities. Uh at least when it comes to wrong uh, negligence on the part of Fort Hood. Kim Weedle, Gregory's mother, what is your message to Fort Hood today? My message to Fort Hood is that they need to just step up and try and find a way to fix these problems so that they can protect the soldiers who are still there. They, they failed on many levels to protect my son and Vanessa, and there's several others who are also missing with no information on them. Miss Weedle, can you do me a favor? Can you just tell me one story about Gregory as he was growing up? Just anything. I want to I wanna know something about him as a person. Gregory was, um, you're going to make me cry. Um, one of those special kids who just loved everybody. Um, Probably my favorite memory is just watching him around our living room. He loved the movie about Lane Frost, eight seconds, and he wanted to be a bull rider. And he would get on his stick horse and run through the house yelling, okay, boys, okay. It was just... Oh, goodness. Um, He was just that kid who wanted everybody to be happy all the time. He hated people to be upset. He'd try to make them laugh. You know, Miss Weedle, I'm on your side. 
If there's anything we, Crime Stories, can do to help you, we will. And I pray the Army comes to its senses, but I think it's going to take action as well. Nancy Grace, Crime Stories, signing off. Goodbye, friend. <laughs>